Hi, and welcome to the Tomato Timer, a podcast about learning to learn. I'm Z from Xenos, and I'm tuning in live with experts around the world asking your questions and hearing their stories, all before the timer goes off. 24 minutes and 39 seconds to go. Hello, everyone. We're not sure about which number episode we're on, but today we're back on the next season of the podcast. And today we have with us Andrea Joyce, who's a very good close friend of mine, a mentor, and also an amazing teacher been teaching for many years in Cambridge and we're so excited to have you so welcome. Thank you that's a really lovely introduction I'm very very happy to be here hello everybody. And they've already met you I think in the in the text channels um, so I want to get right in yeah so we've got some questions from the audience beforehand and we're going to go straight in with that and the first one I want to explore is is a bit about Cambridge so we want to know how it's like living in Cambridge, and I know that you even studied in Cambridge. Your, your bachelor, you've been there for quite a while. So tell us a bit about that. Uh, well, Cambridge is, is a really wonderful city to live in and study. Um, I just want to say straight off the bat, I didn't go to the Cambridge University. I went to the other university in Cambridge, as most big uh, university towns do. They have two universities, the big one and then the, the lesser one and that's where I went. So I went to Anglia Ruskin University in Cambridge and it's interesting actually being a student at the other university because you get to experience lots of the benefits of being in that city and perhaps not quite the same amount of intensity, expectation and pressure. I think certainly uh, and I saw one of the questions was you know how, how do people manage that that stress of, of being at somewhere as illustrious as Cambridge University. And I think the honest answer is many people don't. Many people don't manage it particularly well. And I think many of us manage our, our, you know, our stresses and our responsibilities really, really well at certain points. And then we all have points where we think, oh, this isn't going so well. Um, and I think that's because we're all human, really. So I think it's it's really important when those kind of instances happen to remember that you're not on your own and there's lots and lots of support. And that's one thing I found at university is there was a lot of support. I had really great tutors. There's always, usually, there's one person that you know in your kind of educational sphere and you think, you know what, I think that's someone I could talk to. And I think it's really important to approach that person and talk to them. Um, but Cambridge generally, yeah, yeah, definitely being being open to, to getting help when you feel you need it. And there's nothing to be you know, ashamed of if you need help. We all do. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. There's always going to be points in your life where you need a bit of extra help. I'm actually in Lancaster. So I'm at this conference where all of them are mathematicians. And I'm, I'm being, I've got really close with a couple of guys from Oxford. And they've been speaking to me over dinner. And they're saying that because not only is there, like Cambridge and Oxford have a very intense kind of academic rigor to get in, but when you're actually teaching, they do it in super short bursts of really intense periods. So it's about 10 weeks with no breaks of teaching. And that's one term. So you have 20 weeks in the year and that's all you have. And they were telling me that um, there's something called the, the fifth week blues or something like that. So during the fifth week, everyone just gets sad. And apparently they have, they then renamed that week to be the welfare week. So then all across the campus, they have all these like uh, petting zones and like all these welfare things going on all around the campus for support, you know, making sure that everyone feels good. Yeah, therapy dogs and tea and cake afternoons. Yeah, exactly. 
we even got that. Yeah, it's it's really really fun. But at the same time, it just kind of exemplifies the fact that it is really intense. And just in the couple of years I've been at uni, I have met so many people who who've been to Cambridge, even Cambridge dropouts who ended up at my uni. And it's you know like I'm I'm so grateful that I got an opportunity to to maybe apply and feel rejected by the fact that I didn't get into Oxbridge, but at the same time go to a uni that. That has helped me along the way, and so I think for some of our viewers who are listeners, sorry, we're all kind of under this assumption of this kind of high prestige and excellence there. But at the same time, I feel like there's a there's and as you as you said exactly, there's we all have a different temperament to stress and and all this intensity. So we need to definitely look at ourselves and make sure it is the best space for us to grow. Absolutely, and I think I I definitely want to pick up on what you're saying there about prestigious universities and I'm certainly not going to sit here and say you shouldn't aim for a prestigious university if that's what you want to do fantastic go for it but I, I am a great believer in making the best of your situation and that it it doesn't always matter which university you went to a lot of it is about what you do when you get there and the opportunities that you create for yourself the mindset that you have the approach that you have and and I just I, I think that's a really important thing to remember, particularly at this time of year. You know, we've just come out of results season and some people may be feeling a little bit downhearted about their results or even if they got great results, you know, stuff happens. And and sometimes we're not where we imagined we would be. But so much of, of the things that we can control in life is how we respond to things. And I think if you know, if you if you want to be someone that stands out from the crowd, there's always something you can do about that. It's in your control. It's in your power. Absolutely. So I want to dig in kind of like in the area we've, we've been exploring. And maybe it's a bit personal, but you can answer however you feel. Um, what are some of the setbacks you faced in your life on the way? And where are you now? And how have they like kind of affected you? That's a great question. So I was actually sharing a story about this with somebody yesterday. And when I finished university, I really, I thought I wanted to go into PR, public relations. I thought, you know, my my degree was in communication studies. And I thought, oh, PR is a great thing to go into if you've got a degree in communication studies. And I got an interview for a job as a PR assistant um, for a big company in Cambridge called Marshalls. And Marshalls own like airports and things. They're a big company. And I got this interview and I was really, really excited. And I went to the interview. I was I really wanted this job and I was so nervous. I actually, I couldn't really speak. I couldn't formulate sentences. And for a job in PR, not actually really being able to speak is a bit of a problem. <laughs> Suffice to say, I did not get the job. Um, so I, I, I ended up just falling into a job out of university and, and worked in a particular career for probably about five or six years. But I think... When you have those moments where you realize actually what you're doing is not what you want to do, I think being courageous and being open to taking risks is is a really important thing. So when I realized that I wasn't happy with the career that I was in, I was doing research for inward investment agencies, I, I just decided, okay, this is not what I want to do. I was doing my master's degree at the time and I'd been given the opportunity to teach at a university and teaching was something I thought, hang on a minute, this is much more what I want to do. So I quit my job, quit my entire career, moved away from Cambridge and went and moved and lived in Nottingham for a year where I trained to be a teacher. 
and that was a that was a big risk for me because you know I had a stable life, I had a good salary, a good career trajectory, and a few people, you know, even my own my own father said to me, "Are you sure about this? You know, you're, you're retraining, you're you're getting into debt because I had to take out loans to pay for my tuition." And he said, "You know, are you really sure about this? There's no guarantee of a job at the end of it. There's no guarantee of a well-paid job at the end of it." And I remember saying to him, yes, but I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing. And I think this could be better for me. Yeah, it's a risk. But if I don't try, I'll never know. And it was it was a big deal. It was a big thing, particularly for me to do it as something that my, my father wasn't 100% behind, I guess. But it's the best decision I ever made. And teaching is a really tough gig. It's a really tough gig, but I love it. And to think... Um... To think that you were, were you weren't able to speak on that interview, you kind of took a job that is literally all about speaking and talking to young people. I know, and yeah, yesterday I had my first full day of teaching back of, of the new term, and my 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 voice is I'm feeling it already in my voice. Questions just popped up about a career in academia and how easy or difficult it is. It's a good one actually because and and um, Mushu is right. It's it's a different thing. The kind of a career in academia, i.e., at university, is a very different thing to the kind of career that I'm in, which is in a in a college school environment. I think careers in academia can be hard to get into. It very much depends on the discipline. I think staying in a career in academia can also be difficult. I have quite a lot of um, friends who've had or have careers in academia. And a lot of it is tied into funding. So actually, often it doesn't matter how good a researcher you are, you have to be um, really, really kind of good at getting, uh, filling in applications for grants and getting your own funding. So if you can do that, if you have those kind of additional skills, then it's easier. Um, I don't know how Brexit's going to affect the funding part of it. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not an expert in that area. But I think people, there will always be an interest in the, the advances in science. So I think there'll always be, there'll always be money for it, I guess. Absolutely. So I'm kind of aware of all your experience as also a sixth form counsellor across any of the top schools in Britain. There's like Hills Road and Long Road. These are the best schools in all across the, the United Kingdom. So one of the first questions was about like, things we should do at high school, the skills we can get to make our university applications better. So I wanted to just like kind of like let you talk a bit about that bit of your life and share some tips, tricks and insights you've had over the years working, especially with students during those kind of final steps of applying to uni and, and getting through. Yeah, I think... I mean, I, I've I've definitely over the years, I mean, I've been in teaching for twelve years now, and have have worked with and supported a ton of students with getting where they want to go next. And actually, I think demonstrating that you are you're kind of an all rounder is really really important, regardless of what subject it is you that you want to go into. You know, I'll tie that into one of the other questions earlier, which is, you know, what did I do in my uh, high school years that helped me get into university. I did some volunteering. So I volunteered at an old pe people's home for my A-level communication studies coursework. I actually wrote and published a book, which was a guidebook to uh, Bletchley Park, which is a kind of world famous World War II code breaking centre. 
so I wrote and published a guidebook to that and I won a community trust award for that piece of work and I gave all the proceeds of that publication to the Bletchley Park Charity Trust. I also took a year out and I worked for a big global multinational organization in their customer service department. For me that was a really great grounding working for a big multinational corporate at quite a young age I think I've I'm very, very confident that that put me in a really strong position throughout my career, particularly actually going into education as well, because a lot of people who go from being at school to studying to then teaching, I don't think necessarily always have that that grounding and that understanding of the the world of work. And I always have. And actually, customer service as a grounding is really always stood me in really good stead because it doesn't matter what what you're doing there is always a customer and and even in teaching I, I always think of my students you know they're my customers I need to make sure they're getting what it is that they need and that they're that they're satisfied and feel supported in that so I think thinking about all of those all of the opportunities that you have around you to to get experiences outside of the classroom and it's not just about being able to tick those boxes on your on your personal statement on your UCAS application actually it's about becoming the best version of yourself because if you have a multitude of experiences then you've got so much more to offer and it it might sound like a cliche when teachers say you know, that universities are interested in you as a person, not just you as a student. But it's true, because if you're someone who who does do more and give gives more, then you will enhance their organisation and that that's they're interested in that, not just in your grades. So I think I think that's important. So I'll just jump in because the last question is more about what they should what one should do, especially you're uh, lucky to be in the United Kingdom where you had so many opportunities to do things like volunteering and getting, you know, all these different kind of organizations and be able to do lots of things. And coming from Saudi Arabia, this question kind of makes sense because they're asking, what do we do when we don't have those opportunities available? So if I just give you my take on it, firstly, you will be surprised at how many things are available now. And I like I've been, just been recently been talking to some friends back in Jeddah who are there's some like great charities opening their doors to just young people who want to help and actually because we're being a place where we have a lot of tourism in terms of people coming in for pilgrimage and that sort of thing there are always opportunities to help out in those in those times and also the biggest thing i can kind of show you right now is that um, not everything has to be done kind of physically and part of my application was obviously Xenote at that time. And that was done sat in a city in Saudi Arabia. So um, I think, yes, there are different limitations when we're not in some of the most developed countries in the world. And Saudi Arabia is just one example. They're everywhere around the world, there are different kind of like limitations and issues. But at the same time, I feel like all of those are just kind of guiders into what you need to what you can then do so maybe for for a lot of things you can look into like remote or internships remote opportunities getting involved with especially nowadays with startups everyone is all over the place anyway so no worries at all um so yeah yeah i'd agree with that completely and also in, in terms of thinking about what are the things that you're interested in and what can you create for yourself i mean i think 
you know, what you've done with Zenotes is a really inspirational thing. What What is it that Fifty Shades Armour is interested in? And, and what are, how can you um, create opportunities for yourself, perhaps? Could you be the person who leads something, who makes something happen? So I want to talk a bit more about kind of your the, the school or um, university life that you went through and how were you able to balance kind of your social activities and physical activities and your academics all at the same time? Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's a really, it's a, a great question. It's a very, very common question. And I think, I think a lot of it is about being organized. And I think if you have, if you know that those things are important for you, for your well-being, for your mental health, for for just you know keeping balanced and certainly for me exercise is a really important one I know for you as well Zubair if you don't have your run then you're climbing the walls so it's it I think a lot of it is about being organized prioritizing things you know you've got a good solid 12 hours in your day at least from when you wake up to when you go to sleep so think about how you want to timetable these things in um, and also you know social things don't happen all the time and usually they're not they're not necessarily always spontaneous. So it might be that, you know, in two weeks time, it's your best friend's birthday and you're going to want to spend the whole day with them at the weekend, at least. So prioritize things, you know, and be try and be organized. But also if things go horribly wrong and you feel overwhelmed, don't beat yourself up about it. It happens to everybody. And it's I think it's about asking, as I said, asking for help. And when if you if you're feeling overwhelmed and you've got a lot of stress, then trying to just maybe write some lists of the things that you've got to do and prioritizing them, asking for help from other people. There's, there's lots of good organizations, you know, go, just going out for a bit of a walk to clear your head and think, okay, let's, you know, let's chunk this out. Let's think, okay, what are the key things that I need to do in the next couple of days? What are the things that I can do myself? And what are the things that maybe need a bit of a hand with? Um, amazing. So, I want to go back to something you mentioned um, when you're talking about how you got at got into uni, and you, you mentioned the the guidebook you wrote for the the Bletchley Park. So there's a question regarding mm. all this kind of about writing. Yes. Uh, what's your kind of advice for freelance writers? Because that I think that's quite an interesting question. We don't really yeah. get someone who can answer that. It's an interesting question. <laughs> uh, it's funny I would never necessarily give myself the label of being a writer but I suppose I am a published author so technically I am a writer I think never giving up is really really important keep writing write as much as you can as often as you can and I think that there's so many ways that you can you can log your writing and I think making your digitizing your writing is really really important because actually then you have your online portfolio and showing it to people, sharing it with people, getting opinions, not just from people who are close friends, but other people who maybe don't know you as well, who might, you know, having that kind of critical friend is really, really important and helpful. And I think just keep going with it. I think JK Rowling had an insane amount of um, rejections before she got published. But also there's so many opportunities actually now to self-publish. I have a, a good friend and business contact that I work with in Cambridge. And I just saw recently on LinkedIn that she has self-published um, a book. So there's, there's lots of ways that you can get 
published. I think it depends more on you know what is your what's your end goal when you say you want to be a writer. Is it that you want to be the next J.K. Rowling, or is it that you you just want to explore different types of themes alongside doing something else? Is it something you want to do for a career? Um, is it fictional? Is it journalism? Maybe we should have a bigger chat about it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's 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 like there's a lot of exploring needed to be done there as well. Um, yeah, maybe that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I want to kind of make it a bit lighter and ask you a bit more about that last bit of your biography, which is all about you know desserts and sweet stuff, because that interests me very much. <laughs> so tell us a bit about. Um, it's one of one of our uh, things that we share. <laughs> we do. Um, I remember the last time I saw you was at the pastry shop. I think was was it Dol- Dolcetto or something. Yes, one of my favorite places in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was great. Um, yeah. So what's your favorite yeah. brand of chocolate and do you prefer dark or white or milk? It's milk chocolate for me. I'm not really a purist. So lots of people who are really kind of uh, connoisseurs of chocolate say that dark chocolate is the best. Um, uh, but it's too bitter for me. I really enjoy uh, milk chocolate <laughs> and uh, cab. Cadbury's Dairy Milk is my absolute favourite, um, mm-hmm. or Cadbury's Dairy Milk Buttons. They have these, they do these big packs of giant oh, buttons wow. here. I actually just went to the shops and bought some today. Um, so yeah, I've I've always had a sweet tooth. It's um, it's something I have just always had. And <laughs> that's perfect, absolutely. So any kind of I, I want to like we're closer to the end and I'd rather like not be very abrupt and want to leave everyone with some closing thoughts that you have had looking at us talking to each other because I, I think this was your first time on discord yes. so it's it's probably been quite interesting for you and what do you think about everything we're doing and any kind of like kind of like advice that you'd like to leave us with Ooh. <laughs> no pressure then <laughs> um I think, I mean, I think certainly the, from my experiences of the Zenotes community, I think, you know, you, you've all got a really great opportunity here to be there for each other, support each other. Um, and and I, th- I think that's, that's really, really great. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you need to be careful of online communities, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I used to be part of an online community probably about 15 years ago or so now. Um, and it was one of the best places ever because you can be completely yourself and you've got a whole bunch of like-minded people, some of whom you've never met or never will meet, but you all share a kind of common goal or a common set of worries and concerns and you can be there for each other. And I think particularly during this time, you know, uh, exams, IGCSEs, A-levels, some of the most intense periods of time you'll, you'll get in your life and uh, being able to have access to not just subject advice, but also other humans who are going through similar things is incredibly powerful. So I think what you guys have all created and what you're cultivating here is a really fantastic thing. You know, when I said just now, if you're going through stuff and you need help and you need support, this community is somewhere where you can say, actually, you know, hey guys over here, I'm going through some stuff and I need a bit of support and help. Um, so I think it's a really great thing. We've loved having you. Like, as you can tell, 
by the kind of communications and interactions we've had. It was amazing to have all you guys live as well. And yeah, we'd love to thank you for your time, Andrea, and we'd love to have you on again in the near future. We'd love to come back. It, it went so fast. I can't believe that was only 25 minutes. Too quick, too quick. I'll, um, I know that there are a few questions that, I, that we didn't get around to cover. So I'm, I'm happy to write a few responses in the chat as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. And that's all for today and this week, I guess. And hopefully we'll see you all next week. So that's all for today. Bye-bye. Thank you. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, 